Welcome to Scientifica Radio. I'm Emma. And I'm Rakib. Welcome to today's show, hosted from Emma. What what would it be called? Like the never-ending world of winter. I'm so done with winter. Thanks, but- Montreal. <laughs> But Rakeem, there's good news. I'm super excited about today's show. You know what? I am too, because it's a good one. We're talking about the science of linguistics behind the big blockbuster movie, Arrival. What happens now? They arrive. They need to see me. Dr. Banks? Are you insane? That's a proper introduction. More objects have landed around the world. This is one of 12. I'm never going to be able to speak their words. Got two days. Figure something out. I am human. It's their language. We need to make sure that they understand the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy, and sometimes one can be both. So that was a clip from one of the biggest movies of 2016, which won an Oscar for Best Sound Editing to Montreal's very own Sylvain Belmer. Basically, the premise is this. These aliens, called haptopods, land on Earth with their own language. Governments around the world are trying to figure out why they've landed, why they're dangerous, etc., etc. You know, the usual questions you would have for aliens, I, I presume. <laughs> exactly, Ricky. <laughs> Um, And it's up to the linguistics professor, Louise Banks, played by Amy Adams, and a team to learn how to communicate with the heptopods. Yeah, and so she's pressured to figure this all out while riots and global debates and the threat of world war impends. So, I mean, pretty stressful consulting job as they go. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Uh, But what's really cool is that this movie puts an academic in the lead hero role, so to speak, which is a really big deal in the field of linguistics. Yes, yeah, not not a field that is uh, usually glamorized, but <laughs> it's gotten a lot of great reviews. In fact, uh, there was this Washington Post article about the movie, and its title was, I quote, uh, It's all in the wording. Arrival raises profile of linguists, making them almost cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be too enthusiastic. Yeah, that's... Uh, know cheap shots there (laughs) but uh the movie even started a feud on twitter that involved one of the most famous living scientists dr neil degrassi tyson but i'll tell you about that a little later on so stay tuned Ooh, okay i can't wait for that so for this episode rakib you got to interview the linguist who was consulted for the movie i'm super jealous yeah so i got to speak to dr jessica kuhn who is an academic professor in linguistics at mcgill university and fyi washington post she's super cool (laughs) i caught up with her right before she gave a public talk to a packed lecture hall of hundreds of people uh talking about linguistics her field work and of course the science of arrival It's a great confo, and here it is now. So I'm here with Jessica Kuhn, Professor of Linguistics at McGill University, Canada Research Chair in Syntax and Indigenous Studies, uh, Indigenous Languages, pardon, and uh, now Alien Language Consultant for (laughs) a blockbuster Oscar-nominated, Oscar-winning. One Oscar, yes. Even a local Quebec Oscar for sound editing. So, uh... 
How does that feel? How are you feeling right now? <laughs> it feels fun. It was great. It's been a lot of fun. It's completely unexpected. I had no idea when I originally got involved with the filmmakers a couple years ago that this would turn into uh, such a great movie mm -hmm. and that so many people would be interested in it. So um, it's been unexpected, but it's also been a lot of fun. Was this something that you ever thought of consulting on a movie, let alone a, a movie like Arrival? No, it was completely by accident. Uh, I've spent zero time in my life prior to this thinking yeah. about talking to aliens or how we might talk to aliens, but uh, the film was shot here in Montreal, mm -hmm. and so the filmmakers were looking for people who were local to consult on the movie, and eventually they got in touch with me. Okay. Uh, first, they contacted my colleague in linguistics, Morgan Zondereger, who works on phonetics and phonology, so sound, system of, mm -hmm. sound systems of the world's languages. So did he work um, on the, the sounds of the aliens themselves? Exactly. The he did do that, yeah. So when you know, in the parts in the movie where you hear the recording and it sounds like some strange mixture of different animal yeah. sounds, it really is a mixture of different animal sounds. That uh, do you know what type of animals were? Oh, if I remember correctly, I know there are some large purring cats, yeah. and I think aggressive deer calls, okay. I seem to remember. But look up Morgan Zonderegger. He's the person to, okay. to ask if anybody wants to know the details of exactly what sounds went into the aliens. But then at some point, they wanted to talk to somebody who does linguistic field work. So this is the background that Amy Adams's character, uh, Dr. Banks, has in the film. She's somebody who um, works with less studied languages by going to the places where those languages are spoken um, and working with speakers of the language in order to uh, try to understand the grammars of the languages. Mm -hmm. And so this is what I do in my research. And so he put them in touch with me. Okay. So before we, uh, you know, get deeper into to your consulting in Arrival, what does your day-to-day -day look like or what is your, your research um, about? Yeah, so uh, as I mentioned, my research is on underdocumented languages uh, and I work a lot in uh, southern Mexico and Guatemala with Mayan languages there and I've done a little bit of work uh, here with Mi'kmaq, which is a First Nations language spoken uh, in eastern Quebec in the Maritimes. Um, the larger question that we're interested in linguistics is, uh, you know, what what is human language, right? Mm -hmm. So linguistics is the scientific study of human language. We're interested in things like, what is it that all human languages share in common? What do, ways can uh, languages differ from one another? Mm -hmm. And an important discovery is that even though human languages sound very different from one another, um, and of course their grammars are different, as we know if we've tried to learn other languages as adults, um, this variation is really constrained. So uh, languages don't differ in endless ways. They seem to sort of follow certain patterns in their grammars. And so one thing that's important if we want to understand how human language works um, is to look at as many different kinds of languages as mm -hmm. possible, right? So if we, if we focus on closely related and widely spoken languages like English and French, we're not going to have the full picture. So part of what I do is uh, work on less studied languages in order to answer questions about uh, the structure of grammar. Okay. And so how did you apply all of your knowledge from your field work, working with humans, um, to consulting on a language that is completely hypothetical, the language right. of the heptapod? Yeah, and it is exactly a completely hypothetical language, and that's an important point. Um, I didn't design the, the lovely, swirly logogram shapes that you see in the movie. These are really art. Mm -hmm. uh, there is um, a pattern to them, and they did, you know, the filmmakers did a great job of making things really consistent, um, but it's not a real language. 
But, you know, what, what they did want to get right is what would the process be like? You know, if aliens do show up and linguists are called in to try to help um, decipher the language, how would we go about doing this? And while um, when it comes to working on human languages, we have sort of a head start. Even when we're working on understudied languages, as linguists, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, we know certain things about patterns that we find in languages of the world. So even if I start working on a completely previously underdescribed language, uh, undescribed languages, uh, I'm going to have a head start, or I'm going to be able to start making educated guesses about properties of the grammar of this language based on what we know about other human languages. But when it comes to aliens, we have absolutely no idea, and we have no reason to expect that um, their language would be anything like ours because our uh, linguistic system seems to be really specific to being human. Mm -hmm. It's part of our human genetic endowment. And so uh, when aliens show up, it could be that it's so different that we will have no hope of ever learning it, or it could be that it's not so different and it's really just speculation. But the tools that we use um, as field workers or as linguists to look for patterns uh, in an unknown language and try to map these patterns to, uh, say, contexts in the world, I think will be the same tools that we would want to use when we're... If we're faced if with we're this, faced, yes, with exactly. The yeah. situation. Um, what I thought was really interesting about the film is uh, this emphasis on, on nonverbal language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you maybe mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, so that's a really important part of the film. So, uh, you know, they start off hearing these really non-human sounds and quickly discover that um, they're not going to get very far working in this medium because they're sounds that humans can't reproduce. And so there's no way for the characters in the film to really be able to interact um, with the heptapods. And that's an important uh, or a very useful way to be able to uh, figure out what's going on in a language is to be able to interact and try to reproduce um, parts of the language and see if you got it right. Uh, so they can't do that with the sounds. Um, but they then discover there's this written language. And a really important part of the plot line um, that you learn more about in the short story that the movie is based on. So the short story is Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang. Um, and you learn that these two languages, the heptopod spoken language and the heptopod written language, are completely different. They have nothing to do with each other. Um, and this is unlike anything we find in human languages. So in human languages, the uh, written language is always based on some spoken language, and we have different ways of writing languages down, whether it's with symbols or with um, you know, letters that match up with sounds, but the written writing systems are always based on a spoken language. Um, so what's unique about this heptapod written system is that it's completely different, and what's important is that um, you see these circles, right? So the idea is when we speak, we have to plan out what we're saying to some extent. We have to say one thing before another thing before another thing. And so we're constrained in this linear way, which mm -hmm. is a big part of the plot in the movie. Whereas in these circular symbols, the idea is it's not linearly constrained. And I won't give away any more than yeah, that. Yeah, we won't. No You've just got to watch the just movie watch if you haven't already. Exactly. Um, so if you can maybe help us understand the process of once you started getting involved, you were handed a very secretive script. 
yes. I'm assuming. Yeah. And you had to read. Yeah, I signed all kinds of non-disclosure <laughs> forms. Have, it was very I can scary. Imagine. <laughs> Don't want Paramount suing me. Uh, but now not, we think not I'm, a, I'm a, safe. <laughs> Everything's out in the open now. Yes. Not someone you want to have on your bad side, Paramount. <laughs> no, I think not. Um, yeah. But so you, you had to read drafts of these scripts, and um, they were asking for your perspective as a linguist. Mm -hmm. Were you able to appreciate or kind of compartmentalize the way you saw the script as an art form, but also as a science? Was that a struggle? Yeah. How did that work? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was something that was sort of difficult. I mean, in some ways, it was like doing any academic review. You're reading yeah. something and you're giving your feedback. But in other ways, like you said, it's very different because, um, you know, this isn't an academic work. It is, it's art and it's science fiction. And fiction is really an operative word here. Um, and so I gave feedback to, the, you know, as much as I could. But at some points, you know, the writers or the people working with me would say things like, you know, in the end, linguists are really not Hollywood's number one audience. And so there are some things that we are just not going to get right. Um, and one thing that I think, you know, some linguists wanted to know more or see more of the actual process of, you know, how did she decipher mm. the language? Or a lot of people, you know, wonder this. But um, Eric Heisserer, the writer, at some point, I think he said, uh, something to the effect of, you know, in the end, if we really went into all the details, it would just be watching a TED talk, and that's not why people go to movies. So I think they do a really nice job in the film of, um, you know, they present sort of a montage of the discovery process of the language, and you see it sort of going by that they're making progress and uh, figuring things out, but you don't really get into the nitty gritty details. And, and in some ways, that's very fair, right? Because mm -hmm. this language. It's not a real language. Yeah. It's not like uh, Klingon, where somebody linguistically informed made something that people can learn. Because as we know, if we learned heptapod, there would be very serious consequences. And, <laughs> and the filmmakers did not figure out how to do that, I assume. Um, and so I, I, was, I was going through some interviews with Amy Adams, um, who you sat down with and, and got to speak to, which is really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, it was. Um, and she mentioned that a big part of her preparation was you telling her, distinguishing what a linguist is as, as an academic um, versus a translator. Yeah, I was, I was really happy when I heard her say that. I was like, hooray, <laughs> <laughs> that worked. Um, yeah. But a, a little bit of, of a difference in terms of the movie because she is someone who knows quite a lot of languages. At and least three, right? So three. we see her coming out with Mandarin sort of out mm -hmm. of nowhere at yeah. the very end. <laughs> uh, and then the background is supposed to be that she already has high-level military clearance because she's done Farsi translations. And this was one of the points in the movie where they had to say, we're not going to get it right, because I said, you know, Farsi, there are millions of speakers of Farsi. The U.S. military has Farsi translators. They are not going to go bother some academic and get her security clearance. They're just going to have Farsi speakers. So I suggested, you know, if it were a really small language that, uh, you know, an isolate language that maybe she's done field work on, but they can't find a translator for. Um, so I suggested a language called Burushaski, which is spoken in the same region, but um, not related to other languages in the area. And I think they found that too long and hard to pronounce. Mm -hmm. and so that didn't make a little the less cut. Hollywood. <laughs> a little <laughs> less Hollywood. Nobody's heard of Burushaski. So. Um, yeah, that was that was one aspect where, you know, when he walks into her office and says, you're at the, top, the top of everyone's, of everyone's list, list when it comes to translation. Every linguist 
cringes, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's sort of the common, one of the common misconceptions of the field is that um, linguists are people who speak lots of languages or who do translation. Um, and some linguists, of course, might speak many languages, but really the, you know, it's the scientific study of language. So um, what are the properties of human language? And, um, you know, people can be great linguists and be terrible language learners. That is perfectly compatible. Okay. And so um, you mentioned her office. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I hear that quite a lot of that office was shaped off of, well, off of your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my cool. office and also uh, Lisa Travis, who's another one of my colleagues in linguistics. Actually, if you go into uh, Lisa's office, it looks eerily similar okay. to Amy Adams' office. They came to my office first. I didn't have quite enough books to fill the shelves, so they rented all of my books. Um, and they took pictures of everything. And then we went upstairs to uh, Lisa Travis's office and they took a lot of her books and they really liked it because she had more stacks of papers okay. and stacks of folders, whereas I keep sort of a, a tidy office. like messy. Exactly, they went into yeah. her office and they were like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> what we were hoping for. And when uh, you went on set and you saw the office, was there anything that stuck out to you immediately? Were you? taken aback when you saw that for the first time? Yeah, so some of the things, I mean, the attention to detail was really, really striking. So both Lisa Travis and I do field work uh, in different areas. So she does uh, work on Austronesian languages. And uh, like I said, I work in Mexico and Guatemala. And so both of us have sort of little, you know, trinkets or things we've collected over the years, or maybe that students who've gone to do field work have brought us. And they found little trinkets and put them everywhere. Or like, I have that sticky weren't notes. Yours. That weren't mine, but okay. that kind of looked like mine. Or at some point, Lisa was like, is that my pen holder? It really looks oh, like wow. my pen holder. Okay. She had to like look on her desk and make sure hers was still there because it looked so similar to okay. her pen holder. Wow. So yeah, the attention to detail was really amazing because I think you know, if they had just grabbed books out of any used bookstore, probably nobody would have known. Yeah. But the fact that they really were shelves of linguistics books Linguists were excited, right? Okay. There are blog posts yeah. by linguists sort of zooming in on like, oh, whose book is there and whose book is that? And you see a photograph of Noam Chomsky on her bookshelf. And uh, So they didn't just Amazon linguists and just <laughs> get a picture. No, they really, That's the amazing. attention to detail was amazing. And they, like I said, they took pictures in my office and they loved, you know, I had all kinds of different stuff on my chalkboard from various meetings with students and they took pictures of it. And then at some point they called me, the set office was at Concordia and they said, Jessica, can you just come down and draw on the chalkboard? We can't get all these squiggles right. We would just like you to come right on the chalkboard. So <laughs> I don't think you actually see the chalkboard in the movie, unfortunately, it's okay. uh, out of shot, but it was there. What was it like for the first time uh, sitting in a theater and watching something that you'd spent so much time consulting and thinking about and it was great it was really great to see it on the big screen so I actually got to see an advanced copy of it Paramount sent me some self-destructing link that was watermarked with my name so they could sue me if I leaked it uh, so that I was able to like do interviews ahead of time so I did get to see it at home like on a computer screen but seeing it in the theater yeah like with the graphics and the sound I'm not really a a movie buff I'm not Mm -hmm. somebody who watches lots of movies in theaters but I think this is one that's worth seeing in theater and Paramount didn't pay me to say that okay (laughs) You, you said in one of your interviews, um, I think one thing the film does a good job of is highlighting how central human language is to identity. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by that? What do I mean by that? Gosh, I think 
in Montreal, we, we know very well how important language mm-hmm. is to identity or in any bilingual or multilingual place, right? Uh, language is really um, central to uh, forming communities and feeling connected to people. Um, I mean, one thing that you really see in the film, of course, the focus of the film is on these heptapods that have shown up and trying to understand their language. Um, but communication plays a much bigger role in the film than this, right? Because you have all of these countries that are on the verge of war, um, in part because they're not communicating with each other about, um, you know, the important, or they're not sharing information. So I think, uh, you know, the film highlights the importance of communication more mm-hmm. generally. And lastly, um applying your linguistic knowledge into a novel setting. Mm -hmm. Did it make you think of your own work in a different light or the importance of what you do in in a different way? I think it really did, or certainly, you know, not just working with the movie, but getting to talk to people like you about, you know, what it is that I do and what linguists do and what the field is about um, has been great practice, as I guess it is in any academic discipline when you uh, need to try to engage the public and the importance of um, making sure the research we do is uh, understandable and has impacts outside of academia. So I think the film has been great for me in thinking about how to sort of translate the work that, um, that linguists do. And it's also been really good for the field and hopefully um, you know, getting people interested in linguistics. Well, thank you so much for your time and thank congratulations you. again on, <laughs> on this adventure. Thanks. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having me. A big thanks again to Dr. Jessica Kuhn for doing that interview with me. I, I learned so much. It was really fun. It sounded like you two were having a great time. Yeah. Um, so I also heard you got to speak to some audience members. I, I did. Yeah. So I was at the talk. It was great. And one of the, the best things about it was to see how many people were genuinely interested in linguistics. There were students who were studying linguistics, students who weren't studying linguistics, but also families and little kids that were excited about the movie. What are, you, what are your names? Well, mine is Amali. Uh, I'm Jacob. And why did you guys come to the talk today? I wanted to come. Like it was, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was cool. What did you know about the talk before you came? Uh, I knew it had to do with linguistics and uh, the movie Arrival. Okay. Had you seen the movie Arrival? Uh, no, but I want to watch it. <laughs> and do you know what the movie Arrival is about? A little bit. Like aliens, I think they're called heptapods, uh-huh. and uh, they're trying to figure out what they're saying. Okay. I heard this thing on the radio where um, there was this guy who went to this island and he didn't know the native language, mm-hmm. so um, he, he, he did this technique where he like pointed to the ground to a stick and said stick, and then they replied a stick in their own language. And then, so, apparently it's a long process, but eventually he learned, like, how to speak some words in the language. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Rakib, that was so cute. How cute is that? <laughs> also, that last part was literally a rival, but with different characters. Exactly. Um, and although most of the talk was meant for adults, actually all of the talk was meant for adults, it did go a little over their heads but they still seemed really interested in language. So maybe 
maybe we have some future linguists in our midst. I don't know. Um, I also spoke to a student who is studying linguistics at McGill University, and she told me what the talk meant to her. I am Sonora, and I go here at McGill, and I am a cognitive science major with a focus in linguistics. And I'm here tonight because I love movies, and I love Arrival, and I'm really interested in the linguistics of it. Um, and so being a, a linguistics uh, specialization in school, um, is there anything in particular that interests you about, about the film and, and well, your schooling, really, and what you're learning? Um, yeah, definitely. I think we so often think of linguistics, you know, like in linguistics you look at languages that already are existing and like there are definitely structures, but it's all based around languages that are distinctly human. And I think the idea of like finding even more just basic principles of language that can apply to like aliens and stuff is a really fascinating thing to think about and to look into. And so I think that was what made Arrival so interesting is that a lot of people, they made it in such a way that it's very approachable and very interesting to people. And as a linguistics person, I just find it fascinating. So Cool. And um, I mean, linguistics isn't a field that is glamorized um, very often. Um, specifically for the science of it, but we do hear it quite often, whether we're watching Game of Thrones or we're listening to Klingon or um, Lord of the Rings and that language. It, as someone who studies linguistics, is that something that you think of when you watch these movies? <laughs> um, yeah, I think of linguistics just in every day, you know, just like especially walking around Montreal where everything's so bilingual. You just think about the language of it and how people use language. And also I think a lot about like, um, I'm interested in like sign language and stuff, so I think about language every day. And I think for most people though, their intro to linguistics is often in like Game of Thrones and all these kind of made up languages. And I think a lot of people have that experience of like trying to think of how they would make up a language. And I think these are things that we kind of hit on in culture and stuff, but very rarely do we like really go in depth and see such a scientific, very real linguistic approach in a movie. I think that's what makes this movie very cool. And does that excite you about your field? Does that give you like a renewed excitement about what you're studying? Oh, definitely. I get very excited very easily over language. So, <laughs> I think you're in the right field. <laughs> it's always so great to hear students who are excited about their field of study. Mm-hmm. So were there any other themes or other questions that stuck out to you during Dr. Tukun's talk uh, that you didn't have time to go through? Yeah, well, one being the Saphir-Whorf hypothesis, which is central to the movie. So in a nutshell, the Saphir-Whorf hypothesis is a controversial theory that states language changes the way we think. And Dr. Kuhn explained that there is no scientific basis to back this up and that it can, be dan- it can be a dangerous assumption, which can exoticize other people. And it's, it served its purposes for the sci-fi movie, again, that balance between art and reality that we spoke about in the interview. Um, another thing Dr. Kuhn emphasized, uh, at the e- like in the end of our conversation, is the importance of human language and its preservation. So particularly for indigenous languages, which are in danger of becoming lost. Um, and one example that was given was the Mi'kmaq language here in Canada. So overall, really great talk um, that had real-world consequences coming from that sci-fi movie arrival. (laughs) Wow, yeah, that sounds like you got some really great insights uh, into the world of linguists and aliens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, but 
before we leave, mm-hmm. you promised us a Twitter war. I, I did promise. I also probably hyperbolized the whole thing. But who doesn't love a Twitter war? Um, so after seeing the movie, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson tweeted, and I'm quoting, In the At Arrival movie, I'd choose a cryptographer and an astrobiologist to talk to the aliens, not a linguist and a theoretical physicist. So that did not go well, go down well, sorry, rather, with the linguist community, who apparently is very active on social media. So I think Dr. Kuhn alluded to that in our conversation. So they wrote an open letter to him explaining why he's wrong and why a cryptographer would fail. Wow, that is serious. (laughs) Do not mess with linguists. Don't mess with linguists, exactly. If you want to read the open letter, check out our Facebook page, Scientifica Radio. And that's it for this week. If you want to contact us, like Ricky mentioned, you can find us on Facebook or on scientifica.wordpress.com. Exactly. Thanks again and see you next time. 